Hey visionaries, Chris right here with Royal Realty Group, brokered by eXp Realty. Buying and selling a home can be a stressful process, but we are here to help you throughout the way. Feel free to reach out to us on all social media platforms at Royal Realty Group TX. Now enjoy the show with Cuff and Mo. So first of all, I have to apologize. I was trying to make it to that event a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting still on the tollway, just moving at a snail's pace. And I know yeah. you had called, yep. and I was sitting there like thinking, like, Kingsley's going to call me, wondering where the hell I am. Yep. And you weren't the only person who called me. And I was just on the tollway. I left my house damn near two hours before the event was actually supposed to start, and mm-hmm. it was just not in the cards that day. But I'm yeah. glad to hear that you had a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good turnout. There was a lot of people there that we got to uh, meet, a lot of connections. Uh, you know, it was pretty good for you to be there as well. But, you know, you know, there's going to be plenty of other events, and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, we definitely have some things to discuss for sure. Welcome back to the Vision Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Cuff, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is the official growth mindset podcast for all visionaries worldwide, showing mad love to the cigar community. It's here in the lab where we uncover people's visions and dreams and how those dreams actually come into reality. Yo, Mo, I'm excited. I know you're excited. We get to talk about money. Oh, man. Very, very excited. Uh, Who we got on the show, bro? Today's guest is a native of Houston, Texas. Yes. He is the managing partner at Pius Capital Group in Fort Worth. Yes. Please welcome Kingsley Ume to the Vision Lab podcast. Thank you. What up? What up? What up? How are we doing, King? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. First of all, I love the name, the fact that it's Kingsley, but I can call you King. (laughs) It's a nickname. Yeah, that'd work. I answer you the way. How are you, sir? Doing good. Can't complain. First of all, I appreciate you being flexible, being on the show. Um, I told Cuff, I was like, I met this dude named Kingsley, met him through LinkedIn. We, we actually sat down, broke bread. I was like, yeah. we need to have him on the show. Yep. Told him, like, gave him 30 seconds. He was like, cool, set it up. So yeah. appreciate <laughs> you, sir. Um, this being the Vision Lab podcast, and you know, you know, you and I have had plenty of other conversations. We'll get to that, too. But yep. when <clears throat> you hear the word vision, yep. what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, fruition. Really? Yeah, fruition. I mean, okay. you know, that's that's where it starts, right? Uh, you want to, you want to see it in your mind's eye, and then you know, then after a while, it's going to play out. Yeah, so. that's good. So it's funny that you asked that question, right? I mean, obviously it's the vision lab, so it makes sense that we kind of start from that perspective. But you go all the way to end to the end, which is the culmination, the manifestation, the uh, the realization of a vision, mm-hmm. and to you. Um, that's the definition of it. So why do you go all the way to the end? Well, I mean, you've got to see the end of it, right? You've got to know where you're going, right? I mean, you get into a car, you just don't get into a car, right? There's a destination of where you need to go. And so, you know, you get your directions, you know, all right, I'm going to make a left here. I'm going to make a right here. You know, do I need to stop and get some gas or whatever the case may be? So, you know, you know the ultimate goal, then you know how to back up to do the things you need to get there Mm. to get to the end. I love it. It's a roadmap. Told you it's gonna be good. Oh, sorry. Let's go. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm on it. Let's so, do it. <clears throat> so, for those who who have you know never heard your voice or seen your face, right? You know, you're the managing partner at Pius Capital Group. But just a little bit about you know who you are, right? You yeah. Know, you man, you're the managing partner of a capital group, but in layman's terms, what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, you own it, right? Uh, it means you're responsible for the. The organization, you're responsible for what happens top down, uh, making sure that the vision um, is is you know implemented and that it actually gets to the end results. Um, you know, in terms of what we do and, and how we do it, is that is that more what you're asking for? Or? Yeah, I think we're going to get into that um, more specifically. You know, as it as it relates to to the end the job itself. Yeah, I like to kind of give people a track on how you got to become you know 
managing partner of Pirates Group. Sure. Because what's interesting is we're, we're about the same age, and I yep. think there's a lot of people, you know, early, mid-40s that yep. could be potentially looking like, you know, it's been the uh, the great, what is it called? The, um, uh, not the great recession, but the... Um, uh, the Migration. No, when people were leaving. Yeah, but it's, it's not, is it called the Great Migration? Quiet Quitting. The Great Migration. Quiet Quitting, yeah. Yeah, Quiet <clears throat> Quitting, Great Migration. All this stuff is going on right now because, sure. you know, COVID really unveiled and show, showed us a lot of things that you can work from home, you can start your own business, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So now you're in this space, right, where people are, are, are looking to pivot, to get out of their industries and do their own thing. Sure. Right? Yeah. And that, that speaks to you because that's what happened with you. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell your story to our visionaries that are tuning in? Yeah, I had a, have an interesting story. Um, so, you know, basically I, I, you know, started out the rut like everyone else. Uh, you know, I went to school, did an undergraduate, um, graduated, uh, started working for a little bit. Um, you know, came to a realization as uh, in finance, uh, worked in finance, right? Came to a realization where, hey, you know, um, at some point I want to do something on my own. Now, mm -hmm. you know, as an undergrad, you know, or coming right out of undergraduate school, you really can't do that at that point. There's still a lot to learn, you know, a lot of people to meet. So worked for a little bit <clears throat> in corporate finance, you know, got uh, my way around to understanding how, you know, deals work, uh, how the balance sheet, the financial statements, the income EBITDA. statements, EBITDA, all that stuff how that marries up with the operations and, and able to explain at the end of the month, if anybody who's in finance understands, you know, how that all, you know, uh, comes together at the end of the month. Um, and, you know, learning those pieces. <clears throat> then um, I decided, hey, listen, you know, I want to kind of, you know, run my own team, you know, manage my own team, you know, kind of look to other people in the organization to, that are doing it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, these guys have, an MBA, so let me go out and do that. Let me let me go out and just you know try to get that type of education, which I did do. Um, Shout out to the Crusaders, University of Dallas. <laughs> yes, awesome. sir. Um, by the by the way, I don't think we've ever had anyone on the show other than myself that graduated from University of Dallas. Yeah, shout out That's to University yeah. of Dallas. What That's up, though? Awesome. Mm. Yeah, uh, great school. Great yeah. school. Uh, that capstone, right? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, Oof. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I did that, and uh, you know, started you know, worked my way up to upper management, and uh, you know, was enjoying that. Uh, obviously, you know, the the perks that come with it is the obviously the compensation, monetary compensation, and the responsibility, and the just the cloud of just saying, hey, listen, you're a manager, you're a director, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, you get to a point to where, again, you know, that that feeling is still like, man, you know, I'm, I really want to do this because now you're dealing with the leadership groups within the organization. You're dealing with the C-suite guys, right? You're dealing with the CEO, CFO, and so on and so forth. And even some instances where that is my direct link, my, my direct boss. And I said, you know what? Um, I've got enough under my belt in terms of understanding how the finances work within organizations understanding how that coincides with the operations in a business. And I said, I think we can we can do this on our own. So um, I decided to uh, start a commercial finance company with uh, some investors out in New York and say, hey, listen, you know, we can we can be on the other side of the transaction on deals. Um, and um, it went away from there. I love that. And, and real quick, because I want to kick it back over to you. When you say, just for our visionaries that are tuning in, by the way, if you're enjoying the content thus far, please go ahead and subscribe, like, and follow yep. uh, the Vision Lab podcast on all platforms. And, uh, yeah, so when you talk about the other side, what does that mean? So um, when I, you're yeah. – I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, sure, for the, for the obvious, yeah, for the audience. When, what I mean is that when you are in the aspect of an organization, you are on one side of the deal, right? You are representing the organization. You are in the corporate structure. Um, and so you are doing the deal for the corporation. Now, the other side is the other side of the deal, right? What the corporation is representing for the deal could be a merger and acquisition, which means, you know, basically taking two companies together or it could be a divestiture, you know, selling off a piece of the company to another gr investor group. Um, that's the other side. That's what I mean. And so um, wanting to get on the other side is being the ownership part of that. Right. And being able to participate in the deal as an equity participant and an equity participant, meaning the fact that, OK, hey, these are our dollars and these are, you know, we're the ones that are calling the shots. Yeah. 
again, I love this elevated level of conversation. Um, the reason I wanted you to be on the show, because you, know, you and I sat down, I don't know, six weeks ago now, right? Yeah. We talk, chop it up, and you and I see things the same way. Yeah, definitely. When you talk about, you know, a lot of people on our show are people who are looking to, quote, unquote, make the leap, or it's like you said, you know, run your own show, if you will. Sure. What would be like a, to use your word, a sage piece of advice? I stole that from you, though. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Either, yeah. either way. Yeah, I just know you like that you, word. You took, all the yeah, things. you took it back. <laughs> Give me that. But what would be a piece of sage advice that you would give to somebody who is contemplating making that move or saying or sitting in a, in a cubicle somewhere saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I can do this on my own or I, I can I can do it a little bit better. Like, what would you tell them? The number one thing you would need to do is get a rate, get rid of all of the excuses. Ooh. Because the person that's going to give you the most excuses is you. There is not going to be anyone around that's going to give you more reasons why you shouldn't do it than yourself. Mm -hmm. So you got to get over yourself first because you're going to be thinking about, all right, well, you know, how much money am I going to be able to sustain myself right now? You know, are people going to think I'm crazy? You know, can I really do it? I want to do it, but can I really do it? If you've got the mindset that this is something that you actually want to do, regardless of what it is, I don't, I don't care what you do, right? If you want to go out and do it on your own, um, then you can do it. You've already got 90% of it done, you know, but you've got to get out of your own um, space, headspace. What did it look like for you when you thought to yourself, okay, Kingsley, I'm clearing out all room for excuses. Like, what did that process look like for you? Because we call it the Vision Lab because yeah. what you just said is the – is the the symbolism of you going in your individual lab, like you closing yeah. the doors and shutting everything out. So what yeah. did that process look like for you? I, I went through the same process. I mean, because, you know, I've got a family, right? And, uh, you know, there's some things that, you know, there's some responsibilities as a it's father, terrifying. as a husband, right? You got you to think about those things. And so, you know, for me, I had a great support with my wife. And so, you know, that, that was one that was cleared. Um, there's other motivating factors in the fact that, hey, listen, you know, there's some there's some opportunities that probably weren't there that I thought there should be there from from a personal standpoint. Um, and once I got over that perspective, once I got over all of the the personal excuses, um, I went ahead and just said, let's let's just do it and went ahead from there. Do you believe that it's a lot more satisfying to work? 70 80 hours for yourself versus working 40 hours for somebody for somebody else. I don't think he was working 40 hours. <laughs> I'm talking about when he made his transition. <laughs> well, I, I don't think he was working 40. Yeah, hours. when you when you work in finance, you're not you working, working 40, 40 hours. hours. You're, you're so I'm working. sorry for those of us who don't work in the finance. <laughs> I don't work in finance either, but he was a he was a senior VP. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, to answer your question, um because it's your time. You know, you're 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 operating in your own space, you know, um, two, three hours go by and it's nothing because, you know, you're you're making deals, you're you know, writing contracts, you're talking to clients and it's nothing um, from that standpoint, because it's your you own your time uh, when you when you're in business for yourself. You know, I, I know a lot of people that may not necessarily be looking to transition out. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of our conversation stems in, in that direction. But talk to talk to our visionaries um, about how they can actually stem upwards, right? How they can grow within their their company because that's something that you actually did before sure. you stepped out on your yeah, own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you've got to seek out you know things that are outside of your current scope, you know, outside of your job. Um, you know, I know it's easier said than done. You know, some organizations have you know cultures where that's invited, and and, and some don't. Um, and and for the you know, some of the organizations that don't have that culture, you know, you got to cultivate that culture Just say, hey, listen, you know, what projects can I work on that uh, are, you know, that I'm not involved with? Um, you know, you know, what's going on within the company outside of, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, outside you know, of outside of my regular day to day, you know, just understanding those things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, these guys that, you know, are running some of these these companies, if if you come and show interest, um, you know, they'll take interest in you, too. And so we're, by doing that, you know, you're showing, you know, some initiative, um, you're, you're bettering yourself uh, because now you're exposing yourself to something that you're not, you know, accustomed to doing, which is, which is what running a business is about, right? Yeah. Every day is new. And so you want to make sure that, um, you know, you constantly, you know, are bettering yourself by understanding what's happening outside of your normal day to day. You know, that's a fantastic answer. And I want to um, go back a little bit because you were talking about. Uh, you starting Pius, right? Correct. So 
you had relationships 20 plus years within the financial space. Yes. Uh, built up a number of relationships over those 20 years. Yes. You obviously can um, made some pretty, pretty good money, right? Sure. Yep. And so how important is it to have those connections in those relationships when you're ready to branch off or siphon off and do your own thing? Yeah. Because now you're going to start calling on, you know, former clients to be a current client for Pius. Sure. I mean, you know, in any kind of own business ownership, you know, relationships is key. That's mm-hmm. the number one thing. I mean, you have to leverage networks and leverage the people that you know and whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so, yeah, it was important for me to understand because, you know, you have to start somewhere. Um, you have to be able to know, you know, who the people you can tap into, where to go. Um, you've got to have some kind of mentor somewhere um, that can kind of show the ropes. So, yeah, absolutely. Now I got to ask, because you said the word mentor. <laughs> And you're a sharp dude, but who 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 did you glean from? There's somebody that there's somebody that you along your journey you were able to get some information off of to better yourself. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I mean, not somebody personally that I know, right? I mean, I, I look to figures that are already doing it within the business world, right? I mean, you know, you get guys like Mark Cuban. Um, you know, there are various people that, uh, that are out there that are doing it, and just kind of read their story and understand how they're doing it. So. Um, that's kind of who I look to. Let me ask it a different way. Who resonates with you from a business standpoint? Who is a person <clears throat> in the business world or, or what type of traits do you look for when it comes to different pieces of things you can take from the business world and add to your per- personal game? Yeah, so this guy named uh, Marcus Limonis, uh, who I kind of like to emulate from this standpoint. From his personality standpoint, it's good just because, you know, he's not the – He's not going to be the guy that's going to just, all right, I'm going to kick all the walls down and, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, who cares who's in my way. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. But, you know, there's one saying that he has that I just really, really love. And it's if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Right. And, uh, you know, you could be doing something for, you know, 30 years. But if you if you cannot tie it down to, you know, what is this product cost and what are the components of that product cost? Uh, to understand what that margin is supposed to look like, then you really can't fully explain what's happening with your business. And so Marcus Limonis makes a big deal about that um, um, in terms of how he uh, educates entrepreneurs out there. So I kind of I kind of looked at that. You know, one of the people that we look to bounce ideas off of is Edwina Brown and Blowing Smoke and our Blowing Smoke family. You guys check out this uh, commercial with Edwina. Hey everyone, Edwina Brown here, owner operator of Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. We're located at 1604 North Interstate 35E in Lancaster, Texas. We would love for you to come see us. We stand on the three C's, which are cigars, our community, and our culture. Cigars, we have over 300 SKUs in our humidor and it's still growing. Come check it out, a massive humidor. We also love our culture here, which we're about customer service, as well as community, which is why we're excited to partner with the Vision Lab podcast. So come check us out. Again, 1604 North I-35 in Lancaster, Texas. Shout out to Edwina, Jacoby, the entire staff there at Blown Smoke Cigar Lounge. If you're anywhere in the southern part of the Metroplex, make sure you get the Blown Smoke Cigar Lounge. We promise you, you will not be disappointed. As we push the ball forward, why the name Pius Capital Group? Because, you know, yeah. the, the buck stops with you. <clears throat> You're 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 at the front of the front front of the boat, if you will. So why yep. the name Pius Capital? So before I answer that question, I'll, I'll go back and say first of all, when you when you're naming your company, whatever it is, that's that's a very important thing, right? I mean, there's a number of aspects for that. Uh, one, you know, there's a marketing aspect for it, right? You want to have something where people can remember. Uh, you want to keep it short and sweet, but you know, something that is that is that is unique to you and has a meaning so you can explain. So whenever I get a question, mm. the, what, what is why Pius Capital, you can, you can answer. So, you know, the, the, the reason why we chose Pius Capital was um, Pope Pius IV um, back during the Italian Renaissance uh, had a lineage to the Medici family, uh, which was, a, you know, a very the wealthy dynasty. family um, back in the, you know, the Italian Renaissance um, period. And um, the fact that, you know, he was a pope, you know, I grew up Catholic, you know, there was that that banking relationship. Boom. Put it together. 
Did a dude from Nigeria just educate us on like an Italian dynasty? <laughs> it did for me because I, I didn't know shit about it. <laughs> as soon as you said the Medici family, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Mo is the uh, the history buff, and he loves good. You know, I love history. I love historian. History. I, I love history. I, I certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. A deep dive into it, like sure. uh, like my partner is. Absolutely, it's good stuff. I mean, you know, it, you know, history is important. I mean, you gotta oh, you gotta you gotta understand where you know you where where you where you've come from, so you understand where you need to go. Yeah, how important? How let's let's talk about that, right? Yeah. How has your past or your your family's past yeah. in this lineage helped yeah. you to progress forward? Yeah. So I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you know, we, we, I'm Nigerian um, by my parents were, were are Nigerian. You know, I was born Houston, raised. Oh, sorry, Houston was born and raised there, um, and uh, they immigrated here. They immigrated to the United States. Uh, my father really didn't have anything when he came here, uh, but he knew he had to go to school, mm-hmm. and so he had about three dollars after he paid all his school fees, uh, paid for his apartment, um, had his wonderful wife there, which is my mother. And um, growing up, really emphasized, hey, you know, this is it. you, you got to have a certain level of education, right? That's that was the groundwork for us and you know my four other siblings. You know, you've got to have the education, you've got to work hard, you've got to persevere. There's no such thing as no. You've got to keep pushing. You're the only person that can get in your own way. And so, you know, that resonated with us, and uh, certainly with me. And um, you know, I, I definitely have uh, we're forever grateful for him. You know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people from other cultures come to the U.S. and they seize the opportunities. And those that are domestic <laughs> from here will sit, play video games or watch TV and make every excuse in the world. When And we've had a couple of people, I think, kind of talk about this a little bit on the show. But, yep. you know, immigrants take advantage of the opportunities and oftentimes I don't want to say that I don't say that I'll say there are times in which you know people that are you know US citizens that are born here right we don't we just we complain and bitch and moan about not having opportunities but well you know one of the things that I I want to add to that too is from you know from my parents perspective uh, you know they not only were you know talking to talk they they showed it mm-hmm. right they went to school you know they they became educated they they laid the groundwork and like look we came from nothing and you know this is what we're coming we're laying the groundwork for you you know what excuse do you have you know so bridge building yeah what uh you you said you have four other siblings yes what well, num- they like that number five right <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah we talked about that five kids there <laughs> what, what, so num- what number are you the eldest and that's oh and that's gosh. and that's very important in our culture. In our culture, it's very, very, very important. So yeah, I'm number one. So I've got, it's me. I've got a brother that's behind me, then my sister, then my two younger brothers. So you're in charge in case something something crazy happens. They, have, they come to me. They have, they, you know, I've got to, I've got to be the problem solver. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. I see. Yeah, well, I think we all understand that at yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the oldest of mine. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we 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 share that common bond then. This being the Vision Lab, right? I'm so like, I'm so full, as you know. I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, <laughs> understand each other. Sure. Um, when you kind of look at the current landscape of things, given the industry that you're in, mm-hmm. what do you kind of envision, right? Like we're always talking about the economy, and some people tell you that we're in the beginning of a recession. Sure. I know people who don't care at all. Right. Uh, you and I know people who are not in fear of the economy. Like, right. what do you kind of envision? given our current state? Well, I mean, you know, as, as a part of the United States, we're, we're pretty resilient, especially in this state. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of get a macro perspective on, on what's going to happen because we're in, a, we're in a, an economic state where we haven't really been before, right? Um, interest rates are going up, but at the same time, the housing values are pretty stable. And in some areas, depending on where you are, are actually going up as well. Um, you know, that's a that's an that's that's an underlying economic indicator of what's happening within the housing uh, 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 industry. And it's really not flowing how, you know, we would expect to, to expect it for it to flow. So it's kind of hard to say exactly. Uh, I will say that uh, there's optimism uh, within the business world. Right. I mean, there there's deals that are still being made. There are investments that are still being made. And so, you know, people aren't scared from that standpoint. 
Um, and so, you know, again, it's it's different from a consumer standpoint where, you know, there is a fear of a recession because maybe some supply, you know, issues or maybe, you know, people say the government's printing too much money and whatever the case may be. But uh, from a business standpoint, you know, deals are still being made every day. And, you know, I'm glad that you pointed on that because they, they literally are two separate, right? Yeah. Consumerism and, and business, right? Yeah. Business is still being done. And I think we learned through COVID because business yeah. shut down and that right. <laughs> is when it got really, really scary. Sure. Um, you know, things can shut down on the consumer side of, you know, but if it shuts down on the business side, which is the whole logistics issue, yeah. you know, that we've been dealing with for what, 18 months or so, right? like that's a big deal, sure. you know, which is obviously affecting the, the cost of a lot of our foods and so yeah. on and so forth. But yeah. um, how do we navigate through these waters right now? Well, I mean, from a business side or a consumer side? Both. Well, I mean, you know, from a business side, I mean, there's nothing to, to change, at least from, from what we're doing, right? I mean, we're still, there's still people out there that need our services, right? There's still Amen. people out there that need capital. That's the lifeblood of any organization, right? On, so, man. you know, we're, we're still seeing a lot of uh, activity there. Uh, you know, from a consumer side, again, you know, it goes back to the economic indicators or the underlying aspects of those indicators that that it, we're in a space that we haven't really seen. You know, uh, CPI is what it is, con consumer price indexing, you know, where, you know, it's a confidence in terms of where people are uh, and people are worried. Um, you know, the job market is still very strong, though. Right. Yeah. It so it's like, OK, yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it, it's they're, they're saying there's a recession. Um, you know, they're, they're, the federal government has, uh, you know, increased rates, you know, you know, exponentially here in the last uh, few months, you know, a, a couple of basis point. What, I don't know how many basis points now lately. Five at one point. Yeah. So it's just really hard to say. You know, it's interesting. This is I'm not trying to sidebar, get on a tangent, but mm -hmm. we talk about the job market being so strong. But I look around and I, I mean, this is in Dallas, right? Yeah. You can drive around. There are. Plenty of open office spaces. Yeah. Plenty of industrial spaces <laughs> that are yeah. vacant or not not occupied or right. You know, low percentage of occupancy rate. Yeah. Um. You can go to fast food restaurants at every turn and right. see hiring. Right. But then at the same time, you're wondering, well, if why is everybody hiring? Right. Right now, if if there are if there aren't any jobs. Well, you know, that goes back to what I was saying. We're in a, we're in a place where we haven't really been. It's, it's, it's a strange time because the things that you usually can see, all right, you know, you're looking at that graph, you're like, all right, well, you know, we're about to hit, you know, this or, um, you know, something else is going to happen. I think from a job perspective, I think COVID, I mean, I know COVID changed the whole landscape in, in terms of what people do. Um, that whole time of just being at home created a lot of creativity for, for folks mm -hmm. um, where they have taken the opportunity to, you know, really just say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm not going back to the office. <laughs> right. It gave people the freedom and the space to think. Absolutely. And to really be like, oh, OK, I've got three to six months of working out of my house. Right. I can they, and everyone realized too. I can get my eight hour job done in like four and a half or five, and right. I can take the other three throughout the day in bits and pieces, and really focus in on what it is that I want to do. And some people yeah. figured it out. And yeah, like you said, they ain't never going back to the office. I mean, I was reading some stuff where so people were subcontracting their their job. Oh wow! And working on whatever they wanted to work on. They were still hired. Yeah, I've seen that. that. Super I've <laughs> right, seen that. and just subcontracting their their work yeah. so they could you know. You know, it's uh, and I work arbitrage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, is what it is. Yeah, I like that. So, let me uh, let me shift shift gears real time. Yeah, yeah. One time. Sure. Have you ever experienced failure? Yeah. What did that look like for you? It's very painful. It's very very painful. Um, specifically. Yeah. I've been fired for a job. Okay. Join you the club. Know? You know, um, and there's one point where I was fired from every single job <laughs> <laughs> up until I became an adult. Yeah, it's, um, you know, but you you learn from it. You pick up the pieces, you ask questions um, and you move forward. You have to move forward. Right. You have to be able to understand, uh, OK, you know, I'm actually coming out of this better than, you know, how I left it. 
um, because of, you know, those situations. And so, you know, and then you've got other aspects of it in business. You know, you have a deal that you're expecting to go through, you're working and, you know, you're putting in all the hours, you're making the calls, you're trying to make it work. And then it just, it falls through, just right? falls apart. Just falls apart, right? Yep. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're bouncing back from that too, right? Because, you know, the meter's still going. And what I mean by the meter, I mean all the expenses that are coming right. with that, right? That's and right, so uh, you, gotta, you, you just got to keep pipeline. going. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, and the pipeline, you know, is costs too, right? Custom acquisition, client acquisition, all that stuff. So, yeah. So when you and I sat down a few weeks ago, you talked to me, you know, talking about COVID, how it changed the game, right? You were talking about yeah. office space and things sure. like that. Yeah. What are like some of the core tenets that you believe in? Not only necessarily as a businessman, but just as a person. Mm-hmm. What are some of the core tenets that you try to relay or make sure that your team is aware of in regards to like how you want things done? Like, what do you stand on? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to stand on professionalism and and treating people right, right? Um, you know, I firmly believe that you know people work with people that they like. You know, um, you get so. Yes. You go such a long way when 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 you're courteous and you're and you're you're respectful of people. You you automatically get their respect, um, and you you know you empathize with whatever there is they're going with. And sure, you want to get the deal done. Obviously, I mean that's why you're there. That's why the relationship is there with whoever you're dealing with. But at the end of the day, you know you're dealing with a human being, and human beings gravitate with with things that they're comfortable with, what they like. So if you create an environment where you know you know people uh, like you. Um, then, you know, you, you get a lot more done. And so I try to cultivate that within myself, the people that I work with, um, to show the utmost respect um, uh, with people. So I think that's 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 one of the core things. Honesty also comes along with that as well, um, because at some point, um, the business world is a very small world, right? And you have a reputation of, okay, you know, this guy is just going to say whatever he wants to say or this girl's going to say whatever he wants to, she needs to say to get the deal done that's going to follow you at some point mm. so um you know honesty and then you know being respectful of people and you know just you know it's the old saying you know treat people how you want to be treated you know no i, I completely agree and i think it's a lost art you know yeah. today cuz we live in a in a in a day and age in which you really don't have to talk to anybody anymore. Everything yeah. is automated. Yeah. Or you can text. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, <laughs> it's, for me, I kind of feel like, and you know, we're a year apart, I think. Yep. Um, but I feel like we're sometimes trapped between yeah. two different, varying different, yeah. uh, what am I trying to say? We're trapped between two very different um, generations. Yeah. Right? And for the, those Zennials or whatever the group is. Zennials. Gen Z. Gen Z. Oh, okay. okay. I was Z. like, they got another one coming yeah. up here? I'm like, man. Yeah, for, for the Gen Zers, and then you got the uh, millennials, and yep. like for us, we're probably right there in that fringe, even right. though technically we're considered a millennial. Yep. But um, the ability to connect with a person yep. is, 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 is fading and fleeting pretty fast. Yep. Um, the emergence of the TikToks, TikToks and the um, Instagrams, and I mean those are great like yeah. social media mediums. Yeah. But it, it it really stifles our ability to connect, yeah. interact, and effectively communicate and look at a man in his eye and have a conversation with him, yeah. or a woman in her eye and have a conversation with her. Yeah. Um. So I I, I just agree with those core tenets, man. Yeah. You know, I just you know I'll touch on that real quick. I mean, you know. Um, you know, if you want to go out and, and, and do anything on your own or whatever the case it is, I mean, you've got to be able to talk to people. You've got to be able to sit down and, and find some kind of next connection and talk to people. You know, if it's, you can't be on your phone all the time. You get There's got to be that face-to-face, absolutely. So, It's, it's funny because we're talking about, you know, the, the, what's the, exponential, the exponential explosion of technology, and especially in our world, automation. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, we 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 have a, this background in the digital marketing world. And before I got out of that, before I got completely out of it, I remember my company that I, the last company I worked at was running a campaign for a company. They had automated, you know, they talk about the machines are coming. <laughs> there was a company out there, and that there is, excuse me, there is a company out there that is going to automate making fried hot wings. Wow! So like. You know, that scene in, in, in Coming to America, like, you know, next week I'm on fries. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be two people in a restaurant. 
in your favorite wing restaurant. Kind of like get ready. Yeah. There's gonna be one person who might handle cash transactions. You know, and who knows how what cash is gonna look like down the road. Yep. There's gonna be one person controlling an app and a battery pack for the machines. Yeah, you will fill. You will put your order in online, and a yep. machine will get your wings. Yep. Drop it on the basket. Let Incredible. it cook. Shake it off. The machine will do everything. Incredible. And they're only gonna need two people in the store to close up at night. Somebody to count the money to make sure the battery pack is charged. And that yeah. is a wrap. It's yeah. getting scary out there. Yeah. And that, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Um I don't understand how people are doing what they're doing there. All these jobs that are available. Right. Like it's like so, there's the a disconnect. Way, let's figure there, out a way to get the most out of the least amount of money. <laughs> well, I mean, and listen. Uh, you know what? Let's take it to another step. Let's figure out a way to have no people in there and make all the money and we don't have to pay the machines. We just got to supply electricity to it. Yeah. 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 So I saw an article recently. I didn't read it, but they are figuring out a way to make humans robots. Interesting. Uh, I mean, there are people who already have their key fobs put in their wrist. So wow. it's yeah, key fobs in the wrist and like the little the little chips that's on everybody's debit and credit cards yeah, now. I've seen people are getting that put in their wrist. It's getting so crazy. You go to the gas station or the grocery <laughs> store, you just scan your wrist. That's getting crazy. Check out and has that chip access to your accounts. Yeah. You wave it across the thing and you're done. Yeah, no thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah the, the, this is what I say. Technology is such a good and bad thing. Like, yeah, it's allowed us to do things that you know people way back when couldn't imagine. But yep. then it's also, like you said, it's killing, it's ki- it's killing people skills. Or yeah. how no you question. like to say the human element. Yeah, the human element. It's, it's destroying it in certain in certain industries for real. Like, no question. I saw the whole. I was like, oh, machines making wings now. It's it's a wrap for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hard hard sledding. Yeah. Um, is it that time, sir? Uh, we can, yeah. It is time to land the plane, Kingsley. Yeah. Give me that bottle, Wow. Sir. Wow. Yeah. So um, this segment, Visionaries, as you know, is brought to you by the good folks at Sagamore Spirit. Uh, Tim, Mr. Plank, everybody in Maryland, thank you so much for this partnership. Visionaries, you know we don't uh, we don't have anything on the show unless we stand by it. We stand by it for a reason. Um, your cups, gentlemen. We'll get King first. Yeah, absolutely. Right, this is good. I've actually been sipping on it already. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good Lord. Since when have you been scared? I'm not. <laughs> but that bottle is just fleeting fast. Oh, you got it. <laughs> All right. Make sure to check out this commercial from our good folks at Sagamore Spirit. There are a few hard truths to whiskey that most brands don't like to admit. First, there's a lot of it. And second, despite its lore and romance, whiskey is often complex and intimidating. Is that high or low proof, toasted or charred, aged or finished, straight or blended, imported or American? Endless options, endless questions, endless confusion. But there is a whiskey out there that makes selecting it simple. An exceptional spirit made with local ingredients and committed to its communities. That's us, that's Sagamore Spirit. Sagamore Spirit has been and always will be more than just whiskey. Our work, your work, is greater than the sum of its parts. Keep the momentum moving. And one more thing, it's whiskey. Have fun with it. So, question we ask everybody on the show. Sure, shoot. It's you, and there's a round table. There are five other seats at the table. Okay. You get to have anybody in those five seats. The only stipulation is that you can't have God at your table because that's too easy. Who wouldn't want to talk to him? Wow. Or whatever religious entity you believe in. Yeah, 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 sure. Five people. Yes, sir. (laughs) Kids, you're done. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That'd be the easy. Um, Past or present? Doesn't matter. Dead Dead or alive. alive. All right. Uh, Albert Einstein. Good. Okay. Uh, Martin Luther King. Okay. Ooh. Peter Tchaikovsky. First one. Why? Um, okay. So, so for, for so let me explain. Peter Tchaikovsky is a is a uh, classical composer uh, from Russia. 
that lived in the 19th century. So I like classical music. So uh, he's my favorite composer, and he's 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 a genius in terms of all the stuff that he's written. Uh, the Manfred Symphony is my favorite. So just you know, you know, he's he's just up there in terms of you know how he wrote, how he composed his music. Is so. he the Jay Z of yeah. Symphony? Or is he's he's up there. He's he, he's up there. I mean, you know, classical music, you know, spans four hundred years. Yeah. So um but he's 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 definitely up there. So so yeah, so what did I say? I said Einstein, um Einstein, Monty King, Peter Tchaikovsky. Um Um uh, I think Abraham Lincoln is probably one. Um and then I'd have to go with Barack Obama. That's not a good that's not a bad table at all. Yeah. Not a bad table at yeah. all. Yeah. I'm trying to think, because I, I love when people pe- pick, you know, like people we haven't heard. Yeah, from, well, not only that, but like different, very like from different walks of life. Yeah. So you had two presidents in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Tchaikovsky, never heard that one before. Yeah. Kudos to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Kingsley, do you yeah. have any social media? If if any of our visionaries want to follow you or get in contact with you, how do they do that? Piuscap, all of it. Yeah, so obviously we have a website, uh, www.piuscapitalgroup.com. That is our website. Uh, we are on uh, LinkedIn as well, uh, Pius Capital Group. Um, I think they're working on um, a uh, Twitter account, so it's just, it's Pius Capital Group as well. I, I, I'm not sure the handle. They do um, answer. I can personally answer. <laughs> they do answer. So, uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, the best place is www.piuscapitalgroup.com. So you'll, you'll, you'll find us there. So what, what's the long-term vision for Pius Capital Group? Yeah, so, you know, obviously we want to continue to, you know, uh, supply capital to uh, a variety of, um, you know, industries in that area. Uh, we ultimately want to get into the investment arm of, of, of things uh, as well. Uh, so we want to house that shop under us and the development piece of it. Um, and so uh, we want to grow into that aspect and really incorporate uh, that uh, that type of business. I want to talk about because I, I don't think we've had the opportunity to dive into yeah. highest capital itself, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, so, would it be fair to say that you're a capital lending company? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, how does do you have minimums? Like, how much revenue do I have to produce per per annum? Or yeah. Um, what if I'm a brand new company yeah. and I'm looking for you know a loan or money? So the interesting thing about what we do, uh, we're debt capital providers, is that each deal is unique on its own. They're completely different, right? Even if you're coming in and your partner uh, wants to do an equipment financing deal or your other partner wants to do a startup deal or you know somebody that has you know a healthcare company, there no two deal is the same. Uh, obviously, there are underwriting uh, parameters, right? I mean, that's the risk assessment for for whatever deal that's coming through us. Um, but there's no one, you know, one size fits all. It's it's really unique to each each um, individual kind of deal. It's individual, it's individual in- industry. There's a lot of different things. Correct. Okay, so you mentioned underwriting. Correct. And I'm sure somebody's watching this and they're saying, "Hey, I got a business. You know, I make these cups." Mm-hmm. And I want to reach out to Kingsley and say, hey, I want you guys to back my vision, mm-hmm. right, of yep. Cuffs Cups. Sure. Um, we just started, and you say, well, you know, great. You fill out this. You do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. It goes into underwriting. Correct. What does that mean for those that don't understand that? So it's really just an assessment on how you can sustain or hold the debt that you need to borrow. So take the same example, right? You come to us, you need 500000 right? I don't know, because you need to buy, you know, more inventory. You know, you need to, you know, equipment, equipment to, you know, manufacture some of that. We would then look at, okay, you have X amount of revenue. That revenue is building Y amount of profit. You have, you know, Z amount of expenses that go against that revenue and that gross profit. And then here's this debt that's being put upon the business, right? We would then do what we would call a, you know, a cash, you know, ratio, right? Basically, okay, at the end of all of those expenses, right, just to keep it simple and high level, can this business sustain, uh, sorry, sustain the debt? And that's basically how we would. That's correct. Yes, that's how it kind of is in a nutshell. There's a lot of moving parts, obviously. Sure, sure. We're going to water it down, obviously. Sure, sure. Um, But- and I know I kind of asked this, but I just want if anyone reaches out to you, yeah. right? We'll drop your your social media at the end of the the show. But sure, 
if they uh, if they reach out to you and they're brand spanking new, yeah. do they have a shot at working with Pius Capital? Do you have to show revenue over six months to a year? I mean, we have programs where we work with startups. I think it's okay. important, right? I mean, you know, the thing about Pius is that we're a private lending institution. We're we're not a bank. Most banks don't want to go into that risk of of look, looking with startups. There's there's a risk profile that's there. You know, we do. We have programs that could uh, work with startup companies. Um, I think it's important to have those. You got to start somewhere. Which is funny that you said it because somebody helped you get started with right. Pius. <laughs> right. It's right. so. exactly right. That's um, exactly right. And I don't know if we <clears throat> talked about this, Mo, but how long has Pius been... You know, so fully operational about a, a little over a year. Okay. I mean, it's it's been a long time project, but just fully operational about a, a little over a year now. When did you know it was going to work? Because everyone we have on the show that's got the entrepreneurial spirit, like sure. everyone, it's like okay, you had the fork in the road. You're like, okay, I'm yeah. taking the leap. I got to make this happen. Yeah. But then you also get to like the other side of it where you can kind of take a little bit of a deep breath. Yeah. What was the moment that you were like? This is this is this is gonna work. Like I made the right choice. This is the vision show, right? Yeah, vision lab. Yeah, when I had the vision. Mm. Ooh, come on now. Did you write it down? Yes, Did absolutely. You make it plain? Absolutely. Did you speak it into existence? Absolutely. I prayed it. Prayed about it. Right. Talking about. I mean, I mean, just seriously. I mean, if we're just really gonna talk about it, let's talk about it. You yeah. know, it started with me with the vision. I mean, this is something I wanted to do. This is something I actually went after it, and and, and I did it. And so, to me, there was no plan B. Right. Um, now, again, there's a lot of work that has to be done to make sure that you, you know, you, you know, you get the I mean, people in place. I mean, you've got 20 years of history that have built up to this moment. Correct. Correct. For sure. And that helps, too. But even just the, the, the experience that you have in doing something like this, you know, you still want to make sure you're doing your homework. Right. You have to understand, you know, the market scape. You have to understand, you know, the what's happening out there. You have to understand p- potential clients. You know, you've got to understand all of those things to help uh, that success. Um. For the novice out there, mm-hmm. are they saying, okay, well, Kingsley, did you just take your money and put it in a pious and then reach out to investors? Or like, or did you go get a loan yourself? How would you yeah. answer or address that? Yeah, there's an equity play that you have to play, which means you have your own money. You've got to have some skin in the game, right? That's just that's typically how it works when you want to be a business owner. It does a couple of things. One, um, it's going to make you make it work, right? <laughs> because you don't want to lose your own money. And then when you go out and you bring on partners or you bring on, or you may even talk to a bank, you know, that helps them understand, okay, well, you know, he's got some risk. He's got a risk profile in here too. And so it does two things in that aspect. Everybody's incentivized with, with having, you know, your own equity in it. So for the last year and a half, you guys have been fully operational, right? Mm -hmm. I'm curious what the partnerships, and I'm going back to underwriting, because I think that's very interesting. Like how do you, is there like a company, an AIG that you can work with that they underwrite all your deals? Yeah, I mean, so it's both, right? In house. Yeah, so I mean, if we if you come to us and we if there's an issue where we, we need to take that outside, right? We need to go to a bank, right? The bank would do the underwriting. We would do the origination, which is the pre underwriting, right? We would pre do the pre qualification to make sure this is a deal that we could we could probably do. Sometimes that underwriting is with us. Sometimes it goes out to, you know, another bank that we would actually need to do to work it, especially if the uh, the loan is, you know, pretty large. Um, but, yeah, there's there's in order to make sure that everybody's time is and the expectation is met. Yeah, you know, that 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 starts with us. All right. So I absolutely love that, man. Uh, I think that's insightful. I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, obviously they don't. It's, a, it's lending is different. You sure. know what I mean? Raising capital is different. So yeah. I appreciate you opening up and letting yeah. folks hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely appreciate, you know, talking about it. I love talking about it. I think it's, it's good. You know, again, you know, capital is the source of, you know, the, it's the lifeblood of a business, right? You've you got to make money. And so that's what we're here to do. We ask this question to every single guest yeah. uh, on the podcast. And by the way, thank you for, for jumping in of course. to the lab. Um, Loved it. It's been, like Mo said earlier, like, just the vibe, the energy is, is solid, man. Absolutely. Uh, I know I've way. learned a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, we ask this question to every guest that jump into the lab with us, okay? Sure. Um, in case you didn't know, we have a magical time machine. Okay. What advice would Kingsley be giving himself Ooh. from five years ago? Oof. So you're five years younger. Yeah. You still got the grays, though, from what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, right? I started graying early, I guess. My wife loves it. Hey, but you're so you're just, wise. You're a very yeah, wise yeah. man. <laughs> um, 
Uh, don't wait. That's got to be like the number one family feud answer that we hear on the <laughs> show. Don't wait. Get started sooner. Yeah. Do it now. All yeah. Stuff. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish that started earlier. I mean, I mean, I started at a good time. I started at the time I was supposed to start, right? It's true. Uh, so, but yeah, I would, I would be like, hey, man, now. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right, now we're going to fast forward the clock uh, five years from now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What advice are you giving yourself? Five, what advice is the older version of yourself giving you today? So five years from now, somebody that my myself is coming he, back to me now. Back he's looking. What? He's looking at you now and saying, "Okay, Kingsley." Ooh, okay. So that's a good one because uh, See, that I, first one's easy. Right, 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 right. I haven't thought about what my five year old from now self would say. Well, not five year old, but five years from now would say. Huh, that that'll be interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, I would, you know, again, it's hard to say, but I would, I would say maybe myself would say, you know continue to treat people the way that you're treating them, right? Uh, those good things and those good habits have paid off, I guess. That's what I think. It makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you're, you're insightful and thoughtful. And so maybe, you know, when the, when the cameras are off and you have some time yeah. later on, you can actually think about it. But it's, yeah. it really That's makes a good you think. one, actually. Yeah, I, I gotta, yeah. Well, you know, it's the Vision Lab, right? And right. you talked about this earlier. It's funny that, you know, you talked about when you when Mo asked you vision, yeah. right? You said fruition, right? And so you're going to the end, right? And here we are. Yeah. Now we're going to take the end yeah. and bring it back and make it look at you and say, yeah. well, what, "What's the end?" I like it. So it's, yeah, it's, I like it. It's pretty deep. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Let me personally attest, right? So I met him like six, seven weeks ago. Now at this point, we, you know, we chopped it up, and he said, "Look, he, he and I agree on some stuff." And he's like, "You check in with me every single Monday." Yep. And to his credit, every Monday I've called him since then, yep. and he's been Johnny on the spot. And I appreciate that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we work in an industry. A lot of people say a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then when it comes to it, yeah. they're nowhere to be found. And yeah. Literally, since the day I met him, yeah. every Monday I call, yeah. and he answers the phone and says, what's up? And we chop it up for five minutes, ten yeah. minutes. It doesn't matter. But every every Monday he's there, and I really appreciate it. Well, you know, one of the things for me is, again, you know, relationships are very important to me, right? Because you can never stop learning. Right. I don't care if you are if you've done whatever, if you've got 20 businesses or if you're still in high school, I can learn from that dude that's in high school. That's right. That's the way I personally feel. No, you can. I mean, I I, co I coached high school for four years and yeah. I hand to God. I mean, I learned from my students then. Sure. And some of them I still have great relationships with. And, yeah. and I learn from them now. Yeah. So I don't you know, this idea of, you know, because you're older, you're wiser. Right. Ain't always the truth, man. Right, right. Yeah, you can you can learn from anyone, and so yeah, I definitely appreciate those calls we have every week. They're very, Absolutely. they're very, they're very enlightening, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll continue those. Well, again, thank you for adjusting your schedule and and, and making it work. Oh us. yeah, we yeah, appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I told you it'd be a good one. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to Kingsley Ume, the Absolutely. managing partner of Pius Capital Group in Fort Worth, Texas. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you guys next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab Podcast. Take it easy. Blessings. <laughs> <laughs>